Hi, everybody. This is Reverend Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show, The Church of the Soul's Evolution. I don't have anything in particular planned today, so I'm just going to kind of wing it. I'm just going to wing it. And there's a lot of things to talk about. That's what I love about my show. I've got one whole hour to talk about anything I want to, anything. And to begin with, let me say that the trees behind our backyard are very green right now. I think I mentioned last week on my show that there were some trees that were blooming, but they weren't quite fully bloomed, and there was a lot of brown. Now, all I see is this green. There's this lots of green. There's a tree in my neighbor's yard that looks to be dead. But other than that, I can't see a lot of brown like I used to be able to. From December through about mid-February, or towards the end of February, when that's the winter here in San Antonio, and the trees have already shed their leaves, like around, I would say, mid-December. It's a very small winter, short winter, here in San Antonio. And I like it. a hot day right now. The sun is going down. You know, we went, sprung ahead an hour, and... So now sunset is about 7.45 to 8 o'clock. We were going to take the dogs out tonight, but I don't know. Maybe tomorrow might be a better day. I'm in a little bit of a quandary because i trying to figure out what to do. We have a neighbor that just moved in to our left. It sure would be nice to move somewhere, have a house where you're not really surrounded by neighbors, but such is the way it is in our neighborhood. And they get a dog. And it started barking right outside our window. I was trying to get some sleep a little while ago, and it was barking. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then our dog, both of our dogs actually in our bedroom, started barking, and so it was impossible to sleep. I had to close the window. I like to leave the window open to get some fresh air in. But anyway, what would you do in a situation like that? Is it okay to spray a little water? You know, because I've got this spray bottle, and this new dog, you know, this mid-sized dog, now she found, it's a he, I don't know if it's a he or she, she's found that she has a bar- someone to bark at, and the, the our dog will return its bark, and I just hope it doesn't happen all throughout the night, you know? Anyway, problems, 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 but it's one thing, it's another I tell you, is it okay to spray water on a dog? What do you think? Get them to stop barking, especially if they're trying to keep you from sleeping, or if their barking stops you from sleeping. You know, strange needs are necessary. Strange, we have to resort to whatever means we have at our disposal to take care of situations like that, right? And I don't think a little water is not going to hurt the dog, you know, spray on the dog's coat, and then they'll get the message, you know, don't bark underneath my bedroom window, please, you know. You know, otherwise I can't reason with the dog. Scream at it, but that's not going to do any good. I wouldn't do that anyway, actually. So today I woke up and I went 
to the track, which I usually do on my days off. And I'm not going around the track. I don't like walking around the track because I think it contributes to this groin injury, which is a common thing among runners, a groin injury. And the rationale is, in my own mind, that when you walk around the track, and it's good in a way because the impact is less, and when you run, it's all about impact. Well, when you walk around the track, either in, in the left direction or, or in the right direction, you put stress on your one side of your body more than the other, as you can imagine, right? Going around in circles. And in my opinion, a groin injury is aggravated by going around in circles. And I've been going to this track a long time, other tracks as well. And it's better than running on pavement. I do the walk run. You know, I do a lot of walking and running. And it's better than concrete. It's better than the dirt track, which is right next to where I go on Blackland Air Force Base, where the rubber track is. And I did some sprints, forwards and backwards sprints, by the about 60, 70 meters, and uh, about 90% power, you know, not full, full out as fast as I can go, but almost. And that felt pretty good. The rationale behind the backward sprinting is that it uses different muscles than the forward sprinting. And if you haven't tried it, if you're a runner, also it's recommended if you're having some runner's injuries, like with the feet or the knees or the back, running backwards will help alleviate those injuries, especially knee injuries. If you do, but if you do a combination of both, it's supposed to be pretty good. Look at basketball players or football players. They're running forward and backwards all the time and jumping too, but I don't jump, you know, obviously when I'm, well, a little bit I do when I'm on the track. I might jump up a few times. You ever seen, like at the Olympics, the sprinters or the world championships, they jump up and down a few times before they get down and start racing, you know. Anyway, how have you all been? Well, I hope. I don't know who's listening out there. There's so many countries in the world, I think, that are tuned into Internet radio. I like to think that anyway, you know, and then there's extraterrestrials out there. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be great if we could make contact with extraterrestrials? Just imagine how things would be different, you know? All that talk about... The Final Frontier. These are the voices of the Starship Enterprise. The Starship Enterprise. It's probably a mission to explore new worlds, to boldly go where no man has gone before. That spirit of exploration has really not been there over the last couple hundred years, you know? Seems once we discovered everything there is to discover, Explore everything there is to explore here on planet Earth. There hasn't been much desire to explore outside planet Earth, you know. 
in our solar system. We actually, I take that back because of the different missions, the Voyager, Galileo, the Cassini missions. But another solar system in another galaxy, doesn't that sound appealing to anybody? It's a question of intellect, really, intelligence. The more intelligent people are more curious, if you will, about other civilizations that are out there, the more advanced souls are more interested in that. No disrespect intended for the young souls, you know, who don't have a whole lot of past lives under the belt, but that's the future, my friends. Sooner or later, we will make contact with extraterrestrials. Sooner or later. When our intelligence level increases, you know, when our intellect increases, then we'll realize that we're not alone unless they want to show up, you know, and give us some concrete evidence that they do exist, that there is life out there. But in the meantime, until they do, and they're out there, we know it, there's been so much evidence of it, you know, with the UFOs and I could name about a hundred things for you, but that's what just they don't like also. That's why they haven't made contact with us because some people, they want them to land in their backyards and they want to go out there and touch them and look at them. Well, if you can't figure it out that they exist without having them do that, then you really don't need to make contact with extraterrestrials. You really don't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just too bad, really, in a way. And now there's, in my own mind, I know it, I've said it before, if all this life on Earth happened by accident, it could happen by accident anywhere in the universe. That's logical. Even the atheists would have to agree with that. And... So they're discovering planets all the time. New solar systems, over a thousand planets have been discovered. Some, no doubt, are Earth-like. And I'm kind of depressed that we haven't made contact with with the extraterrestrials out there because we are a very violent species, you know? We were going to make contact with them. The plan was put into effect. The process was ongoing. It would have happened sometime around 2010. It began, I think, around the 1980s, 1990s, with this particular race of extraterrestrials, my favorite friends, the Verdants, who are the gray skin, dark eyes, extremely intelligent aliens. They might be listening to me right now on their spaceship, why not, you know? There's not too many people like myself. I put myself somewhere in the top 1% of all the people on planet Earth, spiritually, you know, who have evolved more than anyone else, you know? I say that humbly, you know, because I don't know anybody like me. Nobody who I've met in my life in the past knows more than I do or wants to even talk about some of the things that I do. It's really incredible. But I understand also 
there's a lot of young souls. And don't get me wrong, souls are beautiful. Anyone who has a soul is a child of God, you know, a child of the creator of the universe. But things like war and killing, that happens because of lower evolution. Once you get to a higher evolutionary category planet, planet Earth is of the lowest category. In other words, planet Earth is also known around the universe as the planet of sorrows. The planet of sorrows. Why? Because think of the history we've had, all the killing and fighting and the war. I can't believe that some people don't even think about that. They think it's all good. They, they don't understand just how violent we are. Our species has been in the past. Now, I don't want us to destroy ourselves, obviously. Well, I mean, I don't want us to destroy ourselves, period. Because it wouldn't be good for our eternal soul to leave this planet having been destroyed by a nuclear holocaust, for example. It would be better to be destroyed by some cataclysms, nature-made, you know, earthquakes or an asteroid hitting planet Earth. That would be better for our soul's journey. You know what I mean? Because we don't want to have that on our soul if we destroyed ourselves, you know, where we had the means to talk about our differences, to resolve our differences peacefully. And that's part of the problem we've had in the past. All the war we've had, millions and millions and millions and millions of people killed in war when it really wasn't necessary to do that, you know? It's never necessary to kill somebody because it goes against universal law, for one thing. And when you go against the supreme creator of the universe and destroy what the supreme creator has created, then you get on the bad side of the supreme creator, the all-powerful, all-knowing, the magical supreme creator who has an infinite number of ways to handle people who are the mean, unkind, unforgiving, merciless people in the world. Besides being, besides one of them being hell, which is God's jail down beneath the surface of the earth and the center of the earth, it's something that no one really wants to have on their so, you know, my dad was in World War II, and he had PTSD. I've talked about this before. I know I repeat a lot of things on shows, if you listened to my show before in the past, but for the benefit of those people that might be tuning in for the first time, both my parents had PTSD pretty bad because they were in World War II. And there's nothing like knowing someone's trying to kill you that will change your mind. It makes you very bitter, you know? And I grew up with that. Although my parents were cool people, they really were, you know? I, I saw the good side of them. I also saw the bad side of them and how tough they can be, but mostly they drank and smoked and did that until they died, just about. Dad gave up drinking like five years before he passed away. 
And let me tell you, Dad told me that he killed a German one time in World War II. If you kill somebody, no matter what it is, if you kill anything, it's going to be on your soul. You'll have to pay back that debt, karmic debt. So you've got, you know, think about like what's going on in Ukraine right now, what happened in Afghanistan and Iraq. And any harm that you cause another human being will be brought back upon you in, in certain ways. When you get to heaven or you get to the spirit land, and hopefully you'll get to the good place instead of the bad place, you know, the place of light, the fire in the sky, you know, that's the highest heaven. There's also another heaven above the clouds. But when you get there and you start working on your next life, where are you going to reincarnate on some planet, maybe in, a, in the Milky Way galaxy or another galaxy, an Earth-like planet similar to Earth, then your karmic debt will be taken into consideration. You know, you could even come back here to planet Earth. How would you like to be, I mean, think about all the starving children in Africa and different places around the world, the people living in poverty. I guarantee you, not necessarily, there's some souls that will go back there just to experience what it's like, but most of them, I think, are incarnated into that body to pay back karmic debt, and they have to suffer, and an equal measure of suffering and pain for what they caused in their previous life. So, you want to be a murderer? Go right ahead. You know, after your rehabilitation in that place with demons all around, and Archangel Lucifer in charge, you know, works for God, you know, mother and father God, because they're all knowing, and they wouldn't create a being who they knew in advance was going to rebel or have equal power to them. So after rehabilitating to, well, you know, the people that do go to hell, they're not there indefinitely. There is no eternal damnation. Take it from me. That's the truth. Because your mother and father God who created your soul and your spirit are very forgiving, more forgiving than mothers and fathers here on planet Earth, you know, on this world. And we wouldn't condemn our children to a lifetime of suffering and pain just because they disobeyed us, right? So how much more loving is our mother and father in heaven with all their spirit children, millions of them, right? Now, our mother and father, God on the sun, that's where you're born, in the spirit world, because your spirit in your body, you got a spirit, right? You agree? It's made of light energy. Where's the source of light energy for the solar system? Because you were born into a solar system, not just a planet. You were born into a solar system. And the matrix of the solar system is the sun. The sun not only provides light and heat, perfectly so, no glitches, like clockwork, absolutely perfectly, day in and day out, month in and month out, year in and year out, and has been doing so for thousands of years, without a glitch, without a glitch. And that energy from the sun also rotates 
the planets and moons, and also revolves them around itself. Now, it's true that some moons, like our moon, are caught in the gravitational pull of planet Earth, but suffice it to say that that power that envelops everything within the solar system, our solar system, originates from the sun. And space out there, what Einstein said was the fabric of space, which can be warped, time-space, is made up of dark energy and dark matter. You see, when you look up into the evening sky, you see that darkness out there. That's what you call a manufactured reality. It's dark energy and dark matter. And then you have suns that light up the dark energy and dark matter. It's all created. It didn't exist at one time. It was put into motion by the Supreme Creator when he, she initiated the Big Bang. And the universe began forming itself one solar system after another, one galaxy after another. And here we are in the Milky Way galaxy, one of the spiral arms, our little solar system and our little planet in a huge, vast universe that is incomprehensibly large. But it's all an incredible thing, you know? I look at these trees behind my backyard, and they were all the mind creation of the supreme creator of the universe, who commanded the four forces, the four forces of the universe, the force that created the suns and the planets and the moons, the force that created the animal and plant life, the force that created all the sentient life, and there's lots of other beings out there. Just ask your friendly neighborhood extraterrestrial out there, probably. They're in our Earth's atmosphere. I mean, planet Earth is where it's happening. All this life here, it's a jewel in the universe. It's, it's a paradise, yet it's still a planet of a lower, the lowest evolutionary category. Nevertheless, it's a wonderful world. It's a beautiful world. And we have to take care of it, you know. Air pollution, water pollution, noise pollution. If we only knew just how complex it is to create a planet, we wouldn't try to destroy it, you know. It's not, it's not intentionally done. You know, we're not intentionally trying to ruin the planet. But the way things have gone in the last couple of hundred years, especially, you know, with the birth of the industrial age and fossil fuels being burned in factories and spewed out in the atmosphere by atmosphere by cars. And I'm guilty of it myself. I don't have an electric car. But it's a wonderful thing. It really is. Because in the beginning, there was nothing. There was just silence and darkness. Hold on just a minute. One of our dogs just came out. So approximately 15 billion years ago, nothing existed except for silence, darkness, and the spirit of the Supreme Creator. The Supreme Creator decided in his or her infinite wisdom 
to satisfy his her spiritual need by creating a material universe. And you wonder, how is that possible? How can the material universe satisfy the creator's need? Because the plan was, as I mentioned, one solar system after another is being created, was being created all those years ago. And then after a certain amount of solar systems formed, then a new galaxy would form and that process would begin again. How? Because there are cosmic forces that can be utilized in the universe by knowing how to put them in motion. That's one thing also the Supreme Creator said about the ability to create to be like the Supreme Creator, not to be the Supreme Creator, but to be like the Supreme Creator. And that was part of the plan too, to create co-creator gods, like you and me. We are co-creator gods in the making. We're going through a process of one life after another. You just can't remember before you were born into this world where you came from, that you existed, before you were born, most of us, I'd be willing to say, have a few past lives under our belts, but with this particular world of a lower evolutionary category, we came here to learn basic social values. And unfortunately, killing a war is a part of that, but we're learning, right? I think we want peace for our children's children, right? In the future, we've come a long way. Evolution is a slow process. Over the years, just think even back 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked this earth, how people were so backward, if you will, in their thinking, and, and there was a lot of killing going on back then, a lot of sexual immorality. People just weren't very intelligent. You know, they weren't educated. They didn't have schools back then. And over the centuries, we slowly began to get smarter. And then technology began to get better and better, you know, from the wheel all the way to, to the way it is today. It's amazing just how incredible the technology is nowadays, but still compared to what it can be, what it could be, we've really just touched, scratched the, the surface or, you know, as far as the alphabet is concerned, you know, where some civilizations out there in the universe have technology that goes all the way to Z, X, Y, Z. We've only just reached the first couple of letters in the alphabet as far as our technology is concerned. Some of these extraterrestrials out there, they've been traveling through the universe for hundreds of millions of years because they were created before we were, before our galaxy even was created. Right? Does that make sense? Is that logical? Even if it was by accident, you know, because if all this life happened by accident, it could happen by accident anywhere. It could happen at any time in the past, in the future. Take a planet, any planet, like the over the 1,000 that they've discovered. 
And let's just say one is maybe Earth-like, right? Okay, in your mind, you might say, there is no creator. Yeah, it all happened by accident. I need proof. I'm always opposing people. I always take the opposite stance. And it helps them. It's actually beneficial for some people because it makes them more strong in their faith, if you will. But even the most devout atheists, if I was to say to them, all this life on Earth of a million types of insects, 30,000 types of fish in the ocean, seas, rivers, and lakes, over 10,000 types of birds, reptiles, 9,000 types of amphibians, 5,000 types of mammals, if that happened by accident, then I know it could happen by accident somewhere, anywhere around the universe on one of those planets they're discovering all the time. And they just touched the tip of the iceberg, you know, as far as discovering planets and solar systems, every single sky, every single star in the evening sky, every single star is a sun, actually. It's like our sun. I'm looking at it right now. It's coming down. It's a star. It's a G2 white dwarf main sequence star. And there's lots of them out there, right? Some bigger than others, right? And each single one has planets that revolve around it. Usually the number is nine. Number nine? Some lose a planet here and there, and some might gain a planet here and there, but ultimately it will revert back to the number nine. So the next time you go outside and look up into the evening sky, just think, all those solar systems out there, not only our solar system, but there's hundreds and thousands and millions. You know, there's a song by the Eagles that goes like this. Take a drink of water. I like the way your sparkling earrings lay against your skin so brown. And I want to sleep with you in the desert tonight with a billion stars all around. And I get a peaceful, easy feeling. And I know you won't let me down because I'm already standing on the ground. So, yeah, there's a billion stars out there, and only the ones that we can see, too. I mean, I've heard... you got to check out this book called The Contact Has Begun. I bought it in the 90s. It's about my friend. I, I spoke with him, um, didn't speak with him, communicated with him by email back in the 90s. So he wrote this book. He used to work on the LA Times Metro desk for 25 years. Won a Pulitzer Prize, shared a Pulitzer Prize with some other people. And he claims that he was taken aboard a spacecraft by these burdens. He's got a video. You got to check him out on YouTube. Philip Kraft, K-R-A-P-F. I think it's a German name. And he was a really good journalist. I mean, the book is funny. It's very well written, very intelligently worded, and you would enjoy it. Plus, it talks about the burdens who abducted him, if you will, or in quotation marks, unsolicited visitation. Taken aboard the spacecraft for three days, the Goodwill, it's called the Goodwill. It's like a mile wide. It's not even a mothership, but it's a mile wide. They have motherships that are 
10 times that size, at least, apparently. Because why? Because they've been in existence a lot longer than us. You know, for millions of years, they've been traveling around the universe for 290 million years. But anyway, so naturally, when he came back, when he was brought back to Earth, his friends didn't believe him, most of them, you know, teasing and joking around, because that's, that's the way people are, you know. It frightens them, so then they, they ridicule people. It makes them feel not so frightened. But why would someone like that, after he retired from the L.A. Times, and he knows he, you know he has a lot of peers and friends, make up a story like that? Because, indeed, he was ridiculed, and still is to this day, poor fellow. But he wrote the book, it's called The White Book, to explain who the burdens are. And that's what they do. They go around the universe. And even after traveling throughout the universe for 290 million years, and they go up to solar systems and they, they want to observe and chart these solar systems, you know, because they're charting space. That's what they do. They notice any life living on any of the planets. And then they set up a, an observation post and monitor them for hundreds and thousands of years, possibly and wait to see when they take the first steps into outer space. And they do that for one reason. One reason is because they don't want them to take their violence in outer space. They want space to be a peaceful domain. That's why I don't like Star Wars. I don't like the word Star Wars because it's the warmongers that, you know, are going to drag us down to our own self-destruction, you know, with that kind of thinking. Yes, it's a pretty cool movie, special effects, but come on, come on, get real. You know, we're talking reality here, not fantasy. You know, reality is outside here, driving down the freeway, you know, getting to a car, people get into car accidents and die every day. That's reality. Active shooters, they open fire on crowds of people, killing 15, 20 people. Just as an example, I'm sorry I have to resort to this, but so you understand what I'm talking about. That's reality. That's not fantasy. On television, these actors, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, I know they're going to make a living being an actor. You know, Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. I love them. They're good good people. They could be doing other kinds of movies, you know, about real-life stories, but they do all these actions, fantasy violence. Fantasy violence. When the real thing happens, people go, oh, my God. You know, we're living in a world where there's a battle going on, not only between the spirit and the flesh, but also between reality and fantasy. How about you? What side are you on? What side do you believe more in? And that all really just goes back to you being a soul and at a certain level of evolution. I think I'm going to say something I, I've said before, but I think there's a lot of advanced souls here on planet Earth. Most of the people that came here have been around a while in the universe, you know, because not only is it a very beautiful, wonderful world, but also it's had all this violence happening in the past. You know, all these wars. I don't need to tell you how many, right? Or which ones, right? Don't need to? Okay, good. That saves me some time. And we came here as a bonding. Archangel Michael will tell you that. One day when you meet him, 
when you get to the spirit lands, you'll run into Archangel Michael. And he'll say, you were made to forget coming here to planet Earth. Because it is a very special kind of learning here. So your soul, as I mentioned before, your soul is here to grow and increase its light intensity. The power of your soul's lamp needs to be increased while you're here. That's why, you know, what I'm doing here on BBS radio on my own show, I'm increasing my soul's lamp. Sometimes when I finish my show, I wonder, why am I doing this? You know, this is scary stuff to talk about this. No one else does. My God, I guess that makes me like the king of the world or something. Like I said, I'm, I'm already in the top 1% of spirituality, in my opinion. Yet I don't remember any past lives that I, I've had, you know? I'm not supposed to remember. I mean, I can think about it, I can talk about it, but I can't still remember any past lives I've had. You know, and I think as far as comparing myself to Jesus, who died on the cross, because he wasn't the same one that was born in Bethlehem, I think... I am more like Jesus than anybody I've ever met and probably will ever meet in my life. I am more like Jesus, and I can say that truthfully and humbly, than anybody. Prove to me that I'm wrong. If you ever meet me, I can talk about everything in the Gospel of John. I know about the life of Jesus in detail. Just like a picture in my mind, everything that went on. I know about all the miracles. I can name them to you, rattle them off. And you know what? He died on the cross. I don't believe in Adam and Eve, for one thing. That's another fantasy. You got to understand that people way back then created some stuff, some myths and fantasies, because they wanted to control the people back then. The first people on planet Earth were from another planet in our Milky Way galaxy called Bacchurini. Bacchurini. It's in the book, Abduction to the Ninth Planet, if you're interested in researching it. There wasn't any first man here on Earth, and then they, they took a, a rib of his and made a woman. How absolutely ridiculously funny, you know? No, the first people on Earth were from another planet. They were blacks and yellows, Asian, from this planet, Bacchurini. It settled in Australia and China and Burma. It's in the book there. And that's the Jesus that was born in Bethlehem. Would that extraterrestrial probe up above rendered luminous, shining its light down on the manger? But the Jesus that died on the cross was the extraterrestrial that came from the planet Thio-Uba, who slipped his astral body, his spirit, inside the human-made body that they made, just like an avatar. They made a human body, and they drove it around. He drove it around, so to speak. I had to back up a little bit. The sun's going down. Jesus died on the cross. He told everyone that he was going to die on the cross. He said, in three days I'll be resurrected. He told the disciples, I'm going to have to be killed so I can be resurrected. He told him. And it came true. After he died, he was put in a tomb, he came back to life, and Easter is just around the corner. But 
If you believe that he died for our sins, and then he came back to life, and so he was still alive, he didn't really die, where does that put your dying for your sins theory? He died for two reasons. One, to prove that God is real, and also to show the greatest miracle of all. That was, is, and forever will be the greatest miracle ever done on planet Earth. He was brought back to life, but not as you think. Maybe you've never even thought of it. You just take it for granted. He was brought back to life by the extraterrestrials who beamed them aboard their spaceship. Matter transformation is a very simple thing. Beaming, beam technology, just like in Star Trek, is a reality with these extraterrestrials. You have to understand that. He was beamed aboard their spaceship. His body was repaired. It got started up again. The heart started beating, the breathing. He slipped his astral body into the body of Jesus and walked around for 40 days before he finally ascended up into the clouds. A very simple technology that. Either they have a belt they can wear or they can get picked up by a tractor beam from the spaceship. And the poor disciples, they didn't know any different. They saw him lifting up and, and of course that freaked them out no doubt but what a faith builder that was you know i mean not only had they seen all the miracles that jesus had performed i mean a ton of miracles maybe there's some that the bible didn't even talk about you know the blind being cured the lepers the paralyzed the people who were dead brought back to life turning water into wine walking on the water calming the sea feeding the people on the Sermon on the Mount, all those miracles. And yet, the people didn't really embrace that. They still wanted to kill him. But that was the plan. He had to die. So it wasn't like he died for our sins. He had, he had to die. He knew he had to die. If you need repentance for your sins, pray to your mother and father, God, who created your own soul and your spirit. You have a relationship with them, but you don't need someone in between you are their child. Jesus was just an advanced soul. He still is. He's in the spirit lands right now in heaven. Next to, I think, our mother and father God. He's got his own throne up there. You'll meet him. We'll talk about it later when we get to heaven. He died on the cross. And he came back to life. But he didn't die for our sins. Because there is no, how do they say it in the Bible, atonement for our sins because of Adam and Eve. Well, like I said, that's a fantasy. So that whole theory, in my mind, and I'm entitled to my opinion, this is your entitled to yours, but I wish people wouldn't think that way because it's like backward thinking. It's like something only a child thinks about. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. As you're a co-creator God in the making, you deserve more respect. I take that back. But it behooves all of us to be more intelligent, to not just accept what we're told, but do your own thinking, you know? A lot of people, they just spout what they're told because they don't want to go against the masses. They don't want to create any waves. They don't want to be ostracized. They don't want to be branded as a nonconformist, you know, because that's too too hurtful. It's, um, it's something that is really characteristic of a younger soul. Because once you get to be 
a more advanced soul, then you realize that only the truth is what matters. Only the truth. For me, it's been a long journey. I'm 69 years old this August. And my mother, she put me on the path. She was a mystic. And my dad, too, living with them, as I mentioned, you know, with the PTSD and them being World War II babies. And I think I chose them because they were very loving, actually. When I was living in the pre-existence before I was born on Earth, I said, yeah, I'd like them to be my mother and father. I probably knew them in the pre-existence. You know, we know a lot of our relatives and our friends, we've known them from before. We're, we belong to different soul groups in the spirit lands. And it's just like being in, in different levels of a class, you know, different areas of instruction, whatever you're more open to receive as far as learning is concerned, you know, the higher concepts, principles of the universe apply, you know. It's like being in a lower grade. Well, maybe someone else is in a higher grade. It doesn't mean that you're any better than they are. It just means that you've been around longer, that you've been in existence longer. And then being a soul and a spirit, that applies before we were born. This life is just one life out of many we're going to live, depending on how advanced you already are. Personally, I don't want to come back to a planet of this category. You know, I don't want to be part of any more killing and war. Uh, I've had enough of it, you know. How about you? Uh, some people, warmongers, the younger souls, I think. People who maybe have been abused as a child in different ways, who have been shaped and molded by some negativity over their lives. They might want us to destroy ourselves, you know. But keep in mind that they're a minority. The majority of us are good, decent, loving, kind, generous people, family-oriented, who want peace. We don't want violence. And those bad people, the tyrants, the dictators, the bullies, we need to isolate them and put them somewhere in isolation, obviously without the option of reproducing because, unfortunately, we don't want any more of their kind around, you know. And so, my friends, the future, I think, looks bright. No matter what happens, even up to this very moment in time, I think... Myself, speaking for myself, and also speaking to you out there on the radio waves, and even not putting these words into the atmosphere, believe me, they're being heard, not just through the radio, but putting them out there into the psychosphere. Words are powerful, my friends. It behooves all of us to be careful with our words, because I'm speaking these words, and if you're listening to BBS Radio Channel 1, you're hearing them. But in a way, I can say that I'm communicating these words to everybody on planet Earth at the same time. 
Now, it has to be filtered, you know. Some things might just bounce off people in, in certain ways. You know, we're all connected. We're all one. We're part of... Take, like, for example, if I was this beautiful plate, this crystal plate that maybe is about five feet in diameter and just smash it on the ground. All those little pieces are like what we are. We're parts of the whole. Even from the beginning of the universe with the Big Bang going outward, the universe is expanding and accelerating too, which is nothing to be concerned about. Let's just say it's expanding, continues to expand. The borders of infinite space, infinite, infinite, infinite space are expanding as we talk, as we live our lives. An amazing creative process is ongoing that we know very little about. Take a bird. I hear the birds over there singing their beautiful little songs. Could you create a bird? Beautiful little bird with feathers that can fly, a beak, eyes that can see, a little body that has metabolism, a reproductive system, and knows exactly what's going on, where it wants to fly, where it wants to look for food, when it wants to have fun. It makes its own little noise, its own beautiful little whistle that was given to it by the Supreme Creator, which all originated in the Supreme Creator's imagination. And then by the power of the Supreme Creator's will, that's when the universe began forming itself after that gigantic explosion at the center of the universe. And the universe began forming itself, one solar system after another. Well, the sun is going down now. It's in my eyes. How am I doing on time? Got a few more minutes. I'm going to turn this around because otherwise I can't see. Or maybe I'll go over here. I can get in the way of the tree here and have the tree block out. That's better. Yeah, that's better. Thanks to those beautiful brand new green leaves that have sprung recently. The sunlight is being blocked out. Now I can continue my show. I hope you've enjoyed what I've talked about. You you can always go to my archives and listen to what I've got to say. And ultimately, you know, you can take it or leave it. You can believe it or not. But I'll tell you this. I'm a co-creator God in the making, and so are you. Jesus said, you are God. Did Did he not? Tell me. Tell me the truth. Did he not say that? Or did he just make that up? You are God, he said, and you can do greater things. You are. You've got a brain and you've got a heart in your body. You are a co-creator God in the making. If you can die, if you have the potential to die, you are a co-creator God in the making. Got it? And I'm sorry, you know, if I'm telling you things that you prefer to find out on your own, you know, because people like do it their own way. Co-creator gods, they like doing things their way. That's fine. But I've learned from other people. All these books that I've gained my knowledge from are written by other people. So I'm just sharing what they told me with you. But there were some things I had pieced together, parts of my reality system. I had to did a, a 
part like in the jigsaw puzzle in there to dot the I's and cross the T's, you know, make it sound all perfectly logical. You know, I wrote my book. I've got a book. Now, I, I need to publish it again. I need, it needs to be better edited. It's in the Amazon Kindle bookstore. It's called The Gray Brain and the Golden Soul. Gray Brain and the Golden Soul. Because the soul is just the brain of the spirit, you know. You have a spirit in your body. You ever dream? you remember some of your dreams? Maybe just a little piece of one dream for your whole life. Do you remember just a little piece of one dream for your whole life? Well, did you look in your dream? Do you remember something that you saw in your dream? What you saw was with the eyes of the spirit, not your eyes and your body, your physical eyes, because they were closed, right? That's how you know you have a spirit in your body, if you dream. And I don't know any human being out there that hasn't dreamed at least one dream in their life, you know? And also, I know also, also, I said that twice. Also, I know that by saying these things, on my radio show by communicating these words, this knowledge that there's reward for me. When I get to heaven, I know that I'll be giving lectures at lecture halls and they've got auditoriums there. They've got stadiums where famous people from our past are there because the learning continues when you get to heaven. Don't, don't think it's going to stop, you know, don't think that way. Heaven is going to be an amazing place. I'm looking at the sun over there in the distance as it goes down. As it, I only got one minute. I'll have to hold that thought. But thank you for listening to my show. And please take care of yourself. Don't forget to pray. Pray for whatever you need. Don't be afraid to pray. My prayer is, Mother and Father God in heaven, creators of my soul and spirit, our souls and spirit, and Supreme Creator of the Universe, please bless us all and help us in any way. Keep us safe and well. Protect us. Keep us alive and going forward in our evolution. Thank you, everybody. I love you. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.